Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. I often think about this idea of the inspiration and possibility and having big goals. And the thing that's so important, I've been seeing this for years on the show and with my clients and it's so ingrained is that small hinges can move big doors, right? It's the small steps that we take to create what our heart desires, to create what it is that we want. So today I want to talk about what celebrating looks like. It's such an important part of creating the life we want and not waiting until you know, we're at a certain age or we hit a certain milestone and it happens, but how do we, what celebrating really looks like and what I do with my clients that you guys don't see because it's, it's private, right? They're either in my group sessions or my private sessions, but this is an important thing that you can take and incorporate into your life. You've probably heard me say it. I talk to my clients about, you know, what are their wins? What are their gamey moments? And the yay me moments, I want to be really clear, are a way to distinguish of like, hey, what am I? Wow, yay me for doing this and being really proud. We're so afraid of being arrogant that we get in our own way and we don't own where that moment where we can really be proud of ourselves. And I want to talk about what that looks like. So yay me's are when we're like, yay me, I did that, or I am this way, or well, look at me, right? Like, yay me. And it could be just to yourself. Like I used to say this all the time as I was developing the habit of making my bed. It was like, yay me. I just made my bed. And you all, it's a duvet cover. It's not even a top sheet, right? It was just spreading it out and patting it down. And that was a yay me. But that was such an important step into creating the support for me in the morning so that it wasn't so stressed out and so chaotic, right? Like developing that structure. So I had support for myself so that I can go out and do the work that really matters to me. And wins can be sometimes the results of these small steps. Wins can be sometimes out of your own control that maybe, you know, you go through the process of, I'm going to talk about this, but you go through the process of interviewing for a job and then you are able to get the job and that's a win. There's many different types of wins, but I want to distinguish the yay me's and the wins. And if you're like my clients, we're really hard on ourselves. And the reason I'm going into such granular detail today is because it's it helps us see this invisible stuff that I see all day long and that I work with. We don't understand what is being hard on ourselves and we do it. And I see it all the time. And I remember being told for a long, long time in my adult life that I was really hard on myself. Crane, you're so hard on yourself. Crane, you're so hard on yourself. I didn't really understand what that meant. I was like, okay, great. I don't understand what you mean, but I want to be successful. I want to create these goals. Like, isn't that the way? That was the old way, right? That was the way maybe our cultural programming, our family of origin, maybe a boss modeled it for us. Well, here's the great news. There's a better way. It's not woo-woo. It's there's neuroscience in it. There's a lot of emotions research in it, right? 
there's a better way. And also when we look at high performers, we can see this as well. So there's a lot to support this better way than the survival mode of the beating the crap out of ourselves to ignite us to do better. So being hard on ourselves is actually counterproductive in the long-term goal of creating the life that we want and being able to do it sustainably. And I'm not saying that we live through life through rose-colored glasses or we don't hold ourselves accountable or we act entitled. It's really about owning our part, understanding what we're responsible for, recognizing, acknowledging the areas where we made mistakes, where we fell down, right? I've been talking about this since pretty much day one about the falling down and getting back up, right? That's that resilience piece. And really, this journey we call life is a bit of a butt kicking. So the way to get through this life and to be able to sustain it ourselves throughout the long, long journey that we have, hopefully all of us, is that we need to make sure that we are resourced, that we are internally resourced. And here's the thing. Some of you guys may be holding on to this concept about the recession and what's happening. And and I say this concept because for some people, it's deeply impacting them. And for some people, it may be some, and for some people, not at all. So it's really important to understand how is that impacting you now? How may it impact you in the future? And for some of us, that future is where we dress rehearse tragedy, right? So this resourcing that I'm going to be talking about, the great news is it's free. It doesn't cost money. It doesn't cost, you know, you don't have to go buy things. It's free. So resourcing ourselves to have the endurance to keep going is being able to recognize our wins, recognizing our wins. It doesn't cost money. It's about creating time. And for those of us who say we don't have time, there's a lot of people wasting a lot of time on social media. There's a lot of people, I guess there's, that was a bit of a judgment, but there's a lot of people who like, like myself, who like to watch television or movies, right? The streaming devices aren't going down. They're just growing and growing kind of like bunnies, right? So we have a lot of time. It's whether we choose to do it. And here's the other thing. It doesn't take that much time. Okay. So all this nonsense about, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I'm kind of calling you on it right now. So here's, here's an example of a way to do it. So this week has been a really challenging week. I'm seriously managing the tension of the good and the hard all week, right? I'm working a lot. And yes, I've been managing my mindset around it. I'm, I'm really grateful that the week is coming to a close. And I'm really grateful about that. And I've been very, you know, leader-like and adult-like of like, okay, I choose this. And this is a part of what it is. And I also got the opportunity, we'll call it that, to solve some problems that I really didn't want to. And I was also really mad and angry and upset. Like I've, I've had pretty much all the emotions this week and it's been also a really good week. So I'm managing that tension, right? But one of the things that I know is that working a lot, not having downtime is pretty detrimental to me. And when that looks like for me is that for a long time, I've learned that being on the computer late at night is not a good thing. I get wired and then I stay up. I used to have the story of like, oh, I get my second wind and I do my best work. I used to do my best work between midnight and three because there really wasn't anything to distract me. And I was probably coming up against a serious deadline. And so I had to do that. So I have not staying up that late. Like I was on the computer till about nine for a couple nights. And part of it had to do with some 
stuff that I was managing and didn't need to be at the computer. But a couple nights ago, I did that and then made the decision at 930 because <laughs> it was like that little old voice of, I deserve this. It's been a really hard day, hard two days. I decided to watch the latest Ted Lasso episode with my husband. Oh my gosh, it was so, so good. I am loving season three. I don't know about you all, but I am loving it. So I, that kicked me into like 1040 and then I got on my iPad and I was with the intention to read, but my brain was like, eh. and next thing I know it's midnight. This is not how I be. Like I like to go to sleep at 1015, 1030. Not that you need to get into the nitty gritty, but here I broke like so many boundaries, right? And it was that one thing that kind of took me off tilt kilter. And then I just, at downward spiral, we do this. I know how important sleep is. I know how important it is to not be looking up stuff, right? Looking into things. I was trying to solve problems. Some of it was problems about figuring out certain things that I needed to get done and so on and so forth. We don't need to go into the details of that. Well, anyways, so I went to sleep going, oh man, I've got a really intense day tomorrow. And I'm planning on, I usually get up in the morning and I work out. And I was like, I I don't know, like, what if I need sleep? Sleep's a real big priority. And I've just sabotaged myself. And I said, well, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll see what happens in the morning. You know, I'll do the best that I can. I was just, it was not even a very good plan. I don't like to even plan that way, but I kind of threw my hands up in the air and I woke up, I woke up at 5.50. I was like wide awake. I'm like, oh, that's part of, I guess, the beauty of middle age is that I just wake up. (laughs) Right, there is really no sleeping in, so I need to make sure the front end gets to bed. Good note to self, good key learning there. But so I woke up, I worked out, I made myself this fantastic breakfast. I had coffee because, of course, that's a deal breaker. I never not have the coffee in the start of the day. Did my prep for my clients, got on with my calls, had some meetings, went through my work. But before I came into my office, or as I was walking into my office, I like stood really tall walking in. I was like, wow, look at me. I am adulting. I totally broke through all my boundaries, bypassed them, shattered them. And look at me, take care of myself, move my body because there wasn't going to be the time of the day. So I honored that commitment. I made sure I had food, right? Not because I was hungry and honored that commitment, taking care of myself had my coffee and was able to start the day and get prepped and be able to serve. There used to be a time where I would have sacrificed myself to make sure I could serve the people and look at the skill set that I've developed. I celebrated that. Now I'm now doing this here with you, but really it was just how I talked with myself and notice how I said just, there's that little discounting, right? What I did was it was how I talked to myself in my head when nobody else was looking. Our relationship with ourself is the most important relationship, right? It was like, wow, I had so much like awe of who I've become and my way of being, and I've done it imperfectly, right? But I celebrated that moment and I said, wow, look at me, yay me, I'm adulting. And I was really proud and I went through the day and I had some meetings. There were some difficulties through the day. So it wasn't like, oh, now ta-da, everything is happening perfectly because I set myself up. No, there's still shit shows, everyone. Like I say, I live an amazing life and there's shit shows everywhere. No different. So that is an example of celebrating the small stuff. 
And I did a lot of stuff that was against what I know I need, right? And when it started, partly because there's the tension of the reality is there was this time I did need to be on the computer. There was a time significant event. I had to take care of that. And by being more tired, it's much harder to reinforce the boundaries that support me. It was a lot easier just to succumb to, oh, I'm going to go watch Ted Lasso. I deserve it. It's been a really rough couple of days. And the voice in the back of my head, but you need to go to sleep. And you've learned that if you stay up, you're just going to get wired and continue on. That's okay. Just this once. (laughs) These are the voices in our head that go on and to be aware of it. And here, as I share this with you, I'm owning my story and loving myself. I know better. I've done it better. I've done it worse. This is where I am. And the next morning, I rocked it and I went through the day. Now, here's the thing. I also knew that just because I rocked it yesterday, I knew at some point it was going to catch up. And guess what? It caught up this morning. I was like, oh. And this morning, I had a much more difficult time of getting up. And I also, while I got up, still at six, I had other things I needed to get done because I didn't get them done earlier. And so, my workout is getting pushed to later on today. And it's going to get pushed to end of day, which is not ideal for me. I like to get it done because I like that off my checklist. And I like to start with a win in the morning. But I have the space after my workday today to incorporate that. And I will. And maybe that will give me motivation in the future to make sure I get stuff done so that I can take care of me in that way and have that, that emptiness at the end of a, a hard week, right? It's really delightful to be done at the end of the workday and to be able to relax and enjoy that space. It's so delightful. I give you this as an example of what does celebrating look like? It can be like, wow, being so appreciative. And then not today beating myself up because, oh, it's starting to catch up to me. It's like, oh, yes, lesson learned. Here's the thing. We're not going for perfection. We are practicing in small moments every day to integrate this work into our being. This is how I have changed and become the person I am today, right? With there's so much less chaos. I still have stress, not the stress I used to have. There's typically, you know, better managed work hours. I wouldn't say this week, but there's typically better managed work hours, right? And In it all, there have been moments of joy and delight. There's been anger and frustration and fear. There's been all of it. So it's not like we're only at the end of the rainbow or it's only, you know, live happily ever after. It's all of it. And that's the beauty of it and handling that tension and being able to go through really hard things and have some really difficult parts of the week where I can still move through them. And so, you know, today I came in. I prepped, got ready for another long work day. And the other thing is I didn't work out. Here's the other side is that I knew it was catching up to me. I'm not as focused. And I realize that's part of the flow of the week. It took me a couple of hours to get going on this work and doing this podcast for you. But these are things and they're key learnings. And I'm going to surely work on this more. And by work on it, mean really being deliberate about it. And when I have maybe that fork in the road of, do I stay up and watch Ted Lasso? 
I go to sleep instead, or I go and read a book and get to sleep earlier and not go off into the internet, into the wild, wild web (laughs) until after 12 o'clock at night, right? Because I know that doesn't serve me. So that is about celebrating wins. It's free. It's managing your mind. It's how you talk with yourself. It's catching yourself in those small moments when you do it well, even after there's been some shit shows. And even after there may be some falling down moments, or you can see the cost even more directly, it's creating that self-awareness, right? That's so important. The other part of that equation that's so important is loving ourselves, right? That is how we can change. I've talked about it many, many times here. Kristen Neff has been on my show. Compassion is the biggest motivator for change. What's okay? What's not okay? right? The goal in compassion is to do no harm. I did some harm, right? I didn't sleep very well. It's catching up. I'm okay. And I'm going to learn. I'm going to work on getting better at that. So that's an example of like, you know, daily integration that I'm sure many of you can relate to here. And here's some other wins like that some of my clients have gone through in this last few days, last week, you know, like shout out to my client who got quoted in the Wall Street Journal. It was something that it was a cool win right? She was quoted, was put in there. How cool is that? Like, yay her. We can celebrate that. For some of you, that may not be something you desire and that's okay too, right? But for her to celebrate that and own that and say, and share it with me of like, hey, this is really cool. Yes, it is really cool for her, for what she does and the positioning. It's awesome. And she's still the same human, right? She has her strengths and her flaws, just like I do. And just like you do, we're all human. Another one is I have a client this week who is in the process of the final interview and she really understands her strengths and what she can bring as well as clarity about what she's not as good at, right? So we worked on not being so self-deprecating, being really honest, but without beating ourselves up or being harsh on ourselves, but like being really truthful of like, okay, here are my skill sets here's where I'm not good at, which means maybe I need to have several revisions of a draft versus being able to flow the first time. It doesn't mean she's less than, it's being really honest. So I'm really excited for her and how this next interview process goes and if this job becomes a right fit for her, right? We have this magical thinking that we have to be amazing. We have to be at all. We have to do it all, right? Like, no, that's a bunch of BS. Own our strengths accept and acknowledge our areas that we're not as strong. And what support do you need? Maybe it's you need to make sure that you go through, like if it's a writing thing and that's not your strength, making sure that you give yourself time so that you can edit it, making sure that you sleep well so that you can come back with clear eyes to edit it. Maybe you have somebody, a colleague or uh, somebody on your team that can go and review the edits, right? None of us do it alone. None of us do it alone. I also really excited because I have a client who got her dream job and it was after a grueling interview process. There were five interviews. So the last one was really intimidating because it was with a person in a huge position of power, right? And my client said to me in that I was exhausted, been five interviews and my client was really grateful for being aware of what they were feeling and what they were able to know about who they were and what they value. 
And so for those of you that this is another example of why, as I was coaching a client today about, you know, emotional literacy and understanding our emotions, when we get into these really vulnerable situations, we really want this dream job. We're in with a person that's in a huge position of power. And many times people will blow it because it's been this volcano of all this vulnerability and all this emotions and not knowing, and we can sabotage ourselves, right? We can sabotage ourselves in those key moments. And my client instead leaned in to who they were. And it was because of this work and they were able to get their dream job. These are wins. And oftentimes when we're celebrating, it's free. It's recognizing and sharing with ourselves, allowing ourselves to be able to say it to ourselves. Huge. How you go about talking about to yourself through the day. My clients are really mean to themselves, right? We're working on it. If you can share it with somebody who's earned the right to hear it. I'm a safe place for a lot of my clients because they bring in all the messy, right? They show me all their vulnerable parts. I still care about them. I'm like, okay, we're going to work on this. And they learn to get more comfortable with the parts of themselves that they don't want to show, right? And those internal, the voices that was tell us we're not enough. Who do we think we are? We're too much. So those are examples of wins. And my question is for you, what about you? What are your wins? My wins this week were that I honored commitments to myself. And as I shared with you, I didn't honor them all week or perfectly. I still have one more that I need to do later on. I honor the commitment that I'm recording the show for you all. And then thinking about what do you need to celebrate about this week? So by the time this podcast drops, I'm going to be nearing my next birthday, right? And this will probably be a couple of weeks before my next birthday, but I'll be turning 51. So if you remember last year, I turned 50 and all spring, I was kind of rumbling, like, what do I want? Like, what do I want to do for my birthday? It's a big one. And there's all this cultural programming of what it's supposed to look like, what you should do. And I had to like quiet all those voices and go, well, what do I want to do? What do I have capacity for? What do I have the brain space for? If this were for somebody else, I would have made it all happen, right? But that having that ability, that layer of like, I'm going to have a big old party for me. I didn't even have that. I didn't have the small steps to celebrate that. And then to be able to give myself permission to take up space for a year and celebrate my birthday all year long was a huge step, right? It's a huge step for me to be able to do that, to share it here with you all was a huge step. And so I'm going to be rounding out my 50th year. There's been many ways that I've celebrated my 50th birthday. There's been big stuff, travel, right? There's been expensive stuff like that. There have been small things like connecting with a friend on a Friday night and not working on a Friday night. I know there was a time in my life, like I'd be like, no, I'd be doing a lot of work on a Friday night because I was trying to catch up of all the stuff that I didn't get done because I didn't have the space, right? And I didn't have the boundaries in place. Or part of the way I've celebrated is an unplanned walk on a Sunday afternoon. There were meals, there were birthday brunches, there was painting class, there were gifts. It's been a delightful year of celebrating. And here's the thing. My big takeaway is I'm going to continue to celebrate me and this one precious life as that gives me the resources and support 
to live this brave and challenging life so I can handle the tension of it all instead of hoping or escaping to the one day promised land or armoring up and becoming a really hard person who builds up a lot of walls to protect her, right? So for me, I'm going to be celebrating all year long. I'm not going to end at 50 when I turn 51, but I've got some more stuff in this last month and a half, I guess, of my birth year of 50, and I'm taking care of me and what supports me. And so my invitation for you is looking at your life, your constraints, how are you going to celebrate you? It can start out as a simple yay me. It can be writing down your wins. Please, please write them down so you have that. It can be saving up to buy something that really delights you, whether it's an item, a trip, whatever it is, right? That's aligned with your values, your priorities, and your constraints and your responsibilities. So my friend, celebrating can be a big party. It can be big, luxurious things, and it can be small moments. And it can be things in the middle. There's not one answer. And I know I stump my clients a lot when I had a client who recently bought out her business from her business partner. And I asked her, I said, so did you celebrate? She's like, yes, we went out to dinner. And I'm like, okay. And you can do that. And what are other ways to celebrate? It's like, wow, I did this. I was really brave. I decided that I want to lead this company on my own right? Like we can, that's celebrating how we talk with ourselves. And I think that's the most important, right? Those big moments, those meals, the meals happen, they go on, right? They're done and we move on. But it's continuously celebrating ourselves. So I talked about wins, a lot of different kinds of wins today. What about you? My invitation for you is to write them down and you're going to say, oh, I don't have anything. It's been a really hard week. I get it. That's our resistance. I'm really good at helping people overcome their resistance. So then write that down and then write down here was a win and then start looking for the wins because you will find them. So I work with leaders, professionals, and entrepreneurs. And if you or someone you know would benefit from working with me to be the leader of their life, to work on the stuff like I've talked about, or to create some wins in your life, work and relationship, go to howshereallydoesit.com and click on the work with Corinne link. And we have an application process, go through that. And then maybe at some point you and I will get on a phone and have like a 20 minute chat to talk about, are we a good fit? Are we not? All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming. 